0: Hello, my name is Paul Washer and I want to welcome you back to our study in the book of Proverbs. Uh, We're in chapter 4 and in our last session we did verse (laughs) 5. I kind of made a New Year's resolution that I was going to try to go faster uh, through the book of Proverbs. I think we've already done something more than 60 different lessons and we're only in chapter 4. But every time I look at this, I I, I don't want to think about finishing some some study and then saying, well, that was done, put that behind us. Uh, The reason why I started this is because we live in a world where there are all kinds of voices and most of them are calling us to do things that are contrary to God's Word. And many of the problems that we have today that we have today um, among adults is the result of not being instructed in the Word of God as children, as young people. And so I kind of want to get at the root of the problem. And I'm not in a hurry. I want you to grow. I want you to become wise. Most of all, I want you to believe in Jesus Christ and be declared righteous before the throne of God by virtue of what He has done for you. And then I want you to walk in ever-increasing sanctification. So, uh, New Year's resolutions aside, we're just going to go through this as we see fit and pray that God will use it uh, in your life. Okay, we're in chapter 4, and uh, let's read 5 through 9. Proverbs 4, verse 5. Acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will guard you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom, and with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. And thank you for this great privilege, this great opportunity to teach your word. Lord, I pray for the young people that are listening. I pray for their parents. I pray that their parents would grow in godliness, grow in the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I pray that their parents would uh, not only teach them the word, but reflect the word. And Lord, as a parent, I know how hard that is. And I know, Lord, how many times I've had to ask for forgiveness. Oh, dear God, please give their parents a soft and loving heart. And I pray for these young people, oh God, that they would know Christ. They would know him savingly, that they would learn his will, that they would follow it and follow it because it's their ambition to please him and it's their ambition Lord because they have grown in their understanding of how much you love them so father help us now in Jesus name Amen so in this text we're doing the do's and don'ts and the promises of wisdom and in the last session we talked about what we should do out of verse 5 and 7 acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. That's what verse 5 says. And then in 7, the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom, and with all your acquiring get understanding. So the foundation of everything, not just of of your so-called spiritual life, but of every aspect of your human existence, the foundation of it is the wisdom of God. And that wisdom is found in the Word of God. And then, look what it says in verse 7. Acquire wisdom, and with all your acquiring, get understanding. We are so busy acquiring so many things, aren't we? We want to acquire wealth, some people at least. We want to acquire, maybe, knowledge of this world. We want to acquire fame or reputation or physical strength or something. But the Bible is saying, look, it's not that the scriptures are against acquiring other things, but it's saying in all you're doing, first of all, most of all, acquire wisdom, acquire wisdom. And so let's just stop here for a second in all your activities young person throughout the day and I want you to be brutally honest with yourself in all your acquiring all the things you do how much of that time is given to understanding who God is and understanding his word and if you say to me or to yourself very little then I would suggest you take that to heart and to realize This is not a game. There's no rewind button on life. And I can assure you that if you do not pay attention to wisdom now, later on, you will grow to regret the fact that you did not pay attention, you did not acquire wisdom. So the first thing that we learned in the last session is acquire wisdom. In all your activity, seek to do that as a priority not as a priority as the priority now secondly goes on it says in verse 6 it says in verse 5 and 7 do acquire wisdom in verse 6 do love wisdom love wisdom grow to love the wisdom of god revealed in god's word verse 6 Do not forsake her and she will guard you. Love her and she will watch over you. Now this word love, um, it it reveals to us many different uh, dispositions, sentiments that we should have with regard to the Word of God. First of all, love can denote devotion, to be devoted to something. And it is used in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. So the idea here is devotion of realizing that that God is supreme. He's preeminent. He's above all things his worth is infinitely above all things and that we are to give ourselves to him we are to be devoted to him so in the same way we are to be devoted to his word you know the devil will also often try in our own minds to make some sort of uh, separation between God and his word But what you need to realize is that in the scriptures, those who love God will love His Word. Those who have an honest desire to obey God, a sincere desire, will study His Word and obey it. So first of all, when it says that we are to love wisdom, it means we're to be devoted to it. We're to be a follower of wisdom, someone looking for more and more wisdom, someone striving to know how to apply wisdom. Now let's go on. The word can also refer to affection, a desire, a passion, an actual disposition, a feeling, a sentiment. Um, I can honestly tell you that, of course, I need to be more devoted to God's word. But over the years, God's word is not just something that I know it's right and therefore I need to do it. But it has my affection. Um, my love. I have feelings for the word of God. It is precious to me. And that word is used, for example, with regard to Abraham's love towards Isaac. He loved his son. Anna, It's more than just um, like, it's more than just factual. This son belongs to me or this son is important or this son is my responsibility. No, it's honest affection, true affection. And in the same way, as you study the word of God, if you're a Christian, you'll not only grow in your understanding of its importance and of its rightness, but you will have a sincere affection For it, the word is also used with regard to romantic love, Isaac's love for Rebecca. It's also used with regard to that. So, so what I want to tell you is that our relationship with God, of course, should be intimate. It should be a relationship. But in the same way. If our relationship with God is to be that way, our relationship with His Word needs to be the same. The more you study God's Word, the more you will love it. You know, I have a dear friend, his name is John Snyder, and he was telling me um, just a few days ago that in his younger years during his studies, um, he was studying the patristics. Now, that's the first five centuries of the church and um, Some of the greatest minds and uh, when you read the patristics, whether it's in English or Greek, uh, Latin, you realize they're phenomenal in, in their intellect, the power of their mind, they're very articulate, their logic is often extremely precise. But he was telling me, he said, you know, in reading all the greatest minds and all the chapters and things they have written that that none of that could even compare to the first 18 verses of of the book of John, the prologue, John 1, 1 through 18. And what he's saying is that no matter what you read, no matter what you study outside of the Bible, if you study the scriptures as a believer, you will grow to have the same opinion, one word in the Bible is infinitely of, of infinite more value than all the words of men. Even men who write commentaries on the Bible. Nothing compares to Scripture. You say, Brother Paul, I, I try to read the Scriptures, I don't fully understand them, and I can't say that my affection is like that. Would you just, in the matter of this, listen to the words of an, an older man? I've spent many years studying the scriptures. And and I'll tell you at first, of course, I struggled and still struggle at times to understand different things. But the more I read it, the more my love, my affections are drawn out. Although it is in a very fallible and limited way, I can say I love God, but I can also say I love his word. Now, this, this idea of love, um, it's, you know, we use the word in such a superficial way. You know, I, someone says, I love hamburgers or <laughs> I love going shopping. But it's probably not, well, definitely not an appropriate use of the term. Love is a very, very strong affection. It is very solid, very enduring, especially if we look at love as it's defined in 1 Corinthians 13. But it says, it uses the word in the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6, and it says, Put me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. You know, with regard to, I guess you could say, enemies that men have, there is nothing stronger, more powerful, more enduring than death. Only one person ever conquered death, and that was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we conquer death only because we are in him. And so love is strong. And when it says that we ought to love God's wisdom, it's not just talking about, oh, yeah, that was interesting, but it's talking about a strong affection. Now, let me say one other thing. I have been married close to 30 years. And uh, in the world, many times, in the secular world, outside of Christianity, um, you know, people enter into a relationship and they call it the honeymoon period. You know, it was the first maybe months or years of a marriage when everything seems fresh and wonderful and love seems so deep. And then as time goes on, the love seems to become the affections more shallow more common, not as exciting, and I have found that um, when you're married for many years, there is a sense in which the love you have for one another changes, but it is stronger and more enduring toward the end than it was at the beginning, so much so that, After 30 years and the way you love your spouse, you look back and say, you know, at the beginning, I don't even think I understood what love is. It's the same way with the word of God. The more we study it, the more we have a relationship with it, the more we will love it. We love it because of its beauty, of its power, of its infallibility, of its perfections. But most of all, we love it because of the one from whom it came, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, there are people, and I I used to hear this a lot when I was younger, Um, they talk about making the Bible an idol, and um, I never really understood what they meant by that. and I I still don't. Um, I know that, that Jesus says if we love him, we'll keep his commands, that are revealed in the scriptures and I know that that uh, in Psalms 119 140 it says your word is very pure therefore your servant loves it Uh, I don't believe that you can love the Bible too much I don't believe that you can esteem the Bible too much or honor it too much now you may you may love it in a distorted way you may esteem it in a distorted way but if you read the Bible correctly. As the book that points you to God and to our Redeemer. And to God's will. You, you cannot love the Bible too much. And so we're to acquire wisdom. We are to love wisdom. And um, verse 8 were to prize wisdom. So let's look at verse 8. Prize wisdom and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. So it uses the word prize. And and this word in Hebrew literally means to, to lift up or exalt. It has the idea of seeing the worth of God's wisdom. It is translated in the New English translation, esteem her highly in the ESV, prize her highly. Now, um, again, I believe that a new believer will have a degree of esteem for the word of God. It was through the word of God that they came to know Christ. But I want you to know, especially if you're a young believer, I want you to know something that if you will be faithful, if you will study God's word, if, if you will meet with God daily, in his word and read Genesis to Revelation, Genesis to Revelation over and over and over again. I want you to know that not only will your love for the word of God, for God's wisdom increase, but your esteem. I remember a few years ago I was studying in, the, in Hebrews chapter 10 and I spent several weeks in Hebrews chapter 10. And it was really funny for everyone else that worked at Heart Cry because at least once, sometimes twice, three times a day, I would come out of my office and I'd go, guys, this book is God's book. There's no way. There's no way this could have been written apart from God. There's no way. The, the Bible is like a tapestry. That when you read just one part of it, it is perfectly woven in to the rest. And when I was looking at Hebrews chapter 10, I realized, my goodness, from the very beginning, this tapestry has been woven, and now I'm seeing it perfectly right here. And it's the whole Bible, the wisdom of it, the beauty of it, the power of it, the transforming power of it. And the more you study the Bible, the more you will see that. I had a friend one time. We were both teaching at a university, and a student asked him, "How do you know the Bible is the Word of God?" And everyone, this, my friend, is very scholarly. Everyone expected a, you know, a very complicated answer. And he said this. He goes, "How do I know the Bible is the Word of God? Because I've read it." Now, what did he mean by that? It's self-authenticating. When you look at a tree, you go, that's a tree. How do you know it's a tree? Because as the characteristics of a tree, you look at the Bible, how do you know it's the Word of God? One of the arguments is, it demonstrates itself to be the Word of God. Remember when I talked about the patristics and the first five centuries and all those geniuses who were writing commentaries on the Bible and yet all their books put together couldn't even compare with John 1.1. But John 1.1 was written by a fisherman. How did a fisherman do that? Did it because he was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he was carried by the Holy Spirit that what he wrote, the words of God. And not just that fisherman John, but Peter, the medic Luke, all the others. It's God's book. And the more you read it, the more you will esteem it. Recognize its worth. And also, in that esteem, the more you will love it. So, he says that we should acquire wisdom. He says we should love wisdom. He says we should prize it. We should just prize it as something precious to us. I remember. Um, one of my old professors telling me that uh, he was in his church when he was younger and uh, he wasn't a pastor and anything. he was sitting in the pew and he said there was kind of a, I don't know, kind of a, a a large Bible that was put on the communion table there and he says he was sitting there and it was between services and um, some young people kind of passed by in a hurry and, and knocked the Bible off on the floor. and. He said that the moment he hit the ground, he looked at the old pastor's face. There there wasn't anger. He wasn't um, being judgmental. He wasn't um, mad at the children. He said he got up and he said, I'll never forget this as long as I live. He got up. He walked over. He was an old man. It was difficult for him to bend down. And he reached down and he picked up that Bible. And he said, just the way he picked it up, told me that he saw it as most precious and that he folded the pages that were bent very carefully. He caressed it, pulled it to himself and sat it back on the table and opened it and again smoothed out the pages and then turned around and sat down. And he said, that was such a testimony to me. Yes, do not be ashamed to love God, nor to declare your love for His Word. The so-called church is filled up with so many people who would criticize what I'm saying. But we really shouldn't care about that, should we? We know the testimony of Scripture. We are to love the Scriptures. We are to esteem the Scriptures. We are to prize the Scriptures. Now, he goes on, um, he says also in verse 9, well, let's look at, I'm I'm sorry, verse verse 8. Prize her and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. Now, this word means to clasp, okay, to grab a hold of. It can be to grab a hold of something with affection as we've talked about, that you would embrace your child or embrace your spouse with affection. But it can also be holding on to something with a firmness and with a strength. Because you know it is so important to you that you don't want to let it go. So any of those things um, may be what's being communicated. And I want you to look at Proverbs 3.18 just for a moment. It says, she that is wisdom is a tree of life to those who take hold, firmly grasp wisdom, take hold of her and happy are all who hold her fast. In both cases, same word. And, and, and this, this is what I want you to see is that, is that it's not that you're just supposed to listen to me. Like your mom and dad says, we're going to do this for homeschooling, or you're going to do this for a devotional time. That's wonderful, but that's not the purpose. That's not the end. The end is this, that you learn wisdom and that you grab it and you, you make it part of you. It becomes yours. You embrace it and then you don't let it go. Young person, if you're in a Christian home and you hear Christian things, and, and when you say Christian things, you're affirmed. When you get out of the house, it's not going to be that way. There's going to be temptations to deviate from God's wisdom. There are going to be people be people who mock you for loving God's Word. And that's why you have to hold fast to the Word of God. And you have to make decisions before you leave your home. You know, you don't study fighting in the middle of a fight. You study fighting long before you ever get in the fight. It's the same way spiritually. You've got to form convictions now, not by looking in a mirror and writing down something on a piece of paper. You form convictions by just studying God's Word, memorizing God's Word, meditating upon God's Word. That's how you form convictions. Now. We've looked at the do's and uh, we've kind of gone on long, a little bit over time here. So what we're going to do is in our next lesson, we are going to look at what we're not to do. And then we're going to finish up in a positive way, looking at the promises. Um, I hope this has been helpful to you, but let me press upon you again and again and again. This is not just to listen and walk away but to listen and to obey. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.